Fräulein, were you this much trouble at the Abbey? Oh, much more, sir. Hmm. Hey, cassettes, and welcome back to another episode of the Black Case Diaries podcast. <laughs> Get hey. all out. We're three old friends learning everything we can about movies and TV and hopefully teaching you in the process. I'm Robin. I'm here with Marcy and Adam. Yay. We're doing great, everybody. (laughs) Doing great. Don't take it any weird way. It's been a fantastic week. Yeah, it has. You know, it's musical May. This is our third musical. This one is hefty. Yeah, (laughs) it is. This is hefty. It's so hefty. We're splitting this episode up in two parts. (gasps) In 1965, one of the most popular and influential movie musicals premiered. It was based on a musical by the legendary duo Rodgers and Hammerstein and directed by the same man that brought us the groundbreaking film West Side Story. The film starred film newcomer Julie Andrews and a young Christopher Plummer as their characters fell in love in the last golden days of the 30s. Already, you're like, dang, this is, (laughs) this is, huge <laughs> like this is a big deal the the pedigree on this right yeah, already yeah. <laughs> the sound of music changed film forever since its release it's estimated to have been seen by over a billion people it has sold more tickets domestically than any other film besides gone with the wind and star wars not dollars tickets and i said domestically it's a story filled with indomitable spirit and portrays the healing power of music. The Sound of Music has brought countless families together since its release and is still delighting audiences to this day. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. I remember the first time I saw this movie, my mother took me to see it with my sister at the Ohio Theater. If you're from Columbus, you know that the Ohio Theater is this extravagant theater, and they show old movies all summer. Seeing this movie like Mm -hmm. that was... Mm like a defining moment of my life. (laughs) It it really was. And I, every time I watch it, I remember the feeling of watching it for the first time. I still remember all those feelings. It was a really, it really affected me. And it is, it's so beautiful because it is about the healing power of music. Yeah. It's really, it's really what the movie's about. Mm -hmm. Singing through these really difficult time Mm -hmm. and like trying to keep the kids away from it and you know yeah all these like bc plots that are make it even more complicated as you go along but i i love this movie so much yeah it's it's awesome and i loved at the beginning when they say the last golden days of the 30s you immediately know like i see where this is headed yep right away (laughs) yeah and it just this looming dread Mm -hmm. you know what (laughs) what happens at the end of the 30s yeah I, I didn't realize really when I was younger because I hadn't seen this movie till I was a little bit older. Mm-hmm. But my mom is a really big fan of this movie too. Yeah, and would sing some of these songs. Yeah, just cause, and I just never realized how ingrained this music is. You know, in it, our culture. In yeah, general. Yes. yeah. People who have not seen the movie. Yeah. Who, unfortunately, they should. They should you really should. You yeah. haven't. Please go see it. And you're able to bring up these songs, and they're like, oh, that's in that movie? And it's like, yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And it, it's funny. When I was watching this again for this episode, I was like an hour, 20 minutes in. I was like, what? Already? Yeah. It <laughs> goes by quick. Yes. I was really surprised, because I... Because I was like, okay, this is a three-hour movie. I'm going to have to start it kind of early. But then I was already an hour 
or yeah. so in. I was like, holy cow. It was so it was so it's quick. so painless. It yeah. is, it, that's the thing. It really yeah. is. Yeah. Like watching an old musical, even if you're not thinking of this one, you're like, oh, it, it might be hard to get through some of mm-hmm. it. Maybe it starts out real slow. Yeah. Some movies do, but not this one. It's just like the whole time. It's just. Yeah. And mm-hmm. there's some great humor in this, too, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. You know, it's it, it's dry, but there are moments where it's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. some, some good humor. Yes. I always loved when he, after he has explained the whole whistle yeah. concept, oh, yeah, yeah. and she's <laughs> yeah, like, that's yeah. so demeaning. I would never answer to a whistle. <laughs> and he he ends up going to walk away, and she just blows on the whistle mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. to get his attention. He looks back, and she's like, well, I don't know what your, your yeah, whistle is. Yeah, I don't know what your signal is. Signal is. Yeah. <laughs> As Musical May comes to a close, we're covering one of the biggest musicals to ever hit the silver screen. It's so big, actually, that we couldn't cover it all in one episode. This will be only part one, with part two coming your way next week. So, of course, we will start at the very beginning. We hear it's a very good place to start. (laughs) Yes, we do. <laughs> That's right. Good From one. this movie, I heard it. Haha. I have said that before on this show. Yes. Mm-hmm. Finally, I get to like actually say it's it. It's the yeah. real deal. This yeah. Time. <laughs> it's the real reference this time. Woo! I mean, you can already tell yeah, how much we talk about it already. We haven't even begun. So we won't go too far into the real story, but we will talk about the real Maria and some of the key differences between the film and what actually happened. It may surprise you to know that Maria von Trapp was in fact a real person, and the story you see in the film is very loosely based on a true story. And we mean very loosely based. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot of complaints about this because there are actually two German movies about Maria von Trapp. Ah. And those were very true to what happened. Mm -hmm. So people kind of expected that there would be some more true to life Mm-hmm. things when director robert weiss took on the project he specifically didn't focus on any of the differences between the stage play and maria von trapp's autobiography he believed it was his job to adapt the play and that knowing how inaccurate the details were would only hold him down throughout the process maria Cochera was actually raised an atheist and changed her religious views as a young woman she went to a Johann Sebastian Bach concert that happened to be in a church. Wow. And while in the church, decided to not be an atheist anymore. That's amazing. Wow. Yeah. Bach is just. <laughs> it was a religious changing. experience yeah. in yeah. more yeah. ways than one. Yeah. <laughs> she became a nun at the Nonberg Abbey and left for a year to visit the Von Trapp Villa to aid one of the children there that had suffered scarlet fever. According to Maria's youngest son, Maria came to tutor his sister since she wasn't strong enough to walk to school with the other children. The children loved Maria so much they asked their father to have her stay. According to the Sound of Music website, they asked their father to marry her. (laughs) His response was, I don't even know if she likes me. (laughs) (laughs) At least let me take her to dinner first. One of the biggest differences between the real Captain Von Trapp and his fictional counterpart was that he was actually a very warm and loving man from the beginning. According to his children, 
He was strict, and their house was very structured. He did, in fact, use whistles to signal to the children, as the movie suggests, but he never made them line up in a military style. That would be the craziest thing. Because <laughs> you know how parents are, and they, they, they save the middle name for when it's for serious, right? Yes. Imagine it being a whistle. Like, you know, just, <laughs> you have to train your ear to listen to something so nuanced like that. It's uh, a yeah. craziness. The couple married in the late 1920s and lived in Austria right as Hitler rose to power in 1938. In this time, they had two more children together and fled to America with a third on the way. Wow. So all in all, it was 10 kids at the end. Some aspects of the film are true. For example, the family did win first prize at a choral competition in the Salzburg Festival. But that didn't happen just as they fled the country. And one of the film's biggest differences from the real story is the ending, as the family left by train and did not climb over the Alps to freedom. I thought that was <laughs> madness. <laughs> Them going on foot. Yeah, like, he was yeah. like, we'll just walk. And everyone's like, but the children. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> frostbite is a very real thing, sir. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like, they'll be fine. Yeah. And the kids were like, we'll be, we'll be fine, yeah, father. I mean, and I'm like, you're cr- you're you're going to die up yeah. there. <laughs> Crazy. I mean, all kids, you know, at that time walked uphill right, both ways right. to school. To school. Or to but, and, to and from yeah. school for 15 but, miles, right? Yeah, right. exactly. But then they but then they cut to them <laughs> already on a mountain in, like, I think the same clothes. Yeah. And it's just sunny and grass. <laughs> it's so nice and probably relatively warm. It's like, wow, you picked the right mountain to go climb over, I guess. <laughs> I know that there are people that did escape by mm-hmm. on foot, like holding what they could carry, yeah. and, you know, carrying their siblings and that kind of stuff. The ending of the movie did receive criticism as the family's plan to escape to Switzerland would not work if they went over the Alps. As the real Maria von Trapp pointed out, they would have ended up in Germany if they had gone that way. Yeah. Ha They would not have escaped Austria yeah. to Switzerland. They would have gone into Nazi-occupied Germany. After arriving in America, the family traveled the country as a singing group. They eventually settled in Vermont, and the captain passed away in 1947. In 1949, Maria published a memoir that detailed her life before and after joining the Von Trapp family. This was the basis for the musical. So as for that musical, yes, Richard Rodgers was a brilliant composer that had a very successful career with his longtime partner, Lorenz Hart. Together, the two of them worked on over 40 productions until Hart's death in the 1940s. In search of a new partner, Rodgers contracted a school acquaintance, Oscar Hammerstein. Rodgers' experience with the musical comedy worked well when paired with Hammerstein's operetta style. The men created many hit musicals like Oklahoma, Cinderella, and The King and I. The Sound of Music was their last production together. Yeah. Wow. And it's a big one, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Way to go out. The Sound of Music premiered in November of 1959. It starred Broadway legend Mary Martin in the lead role and ran for almost 1,500 performances, winning five Tony Awards. Howard Lindsay and Russell Krauss wrote the book that would be adapted into a film. All right, 
So now we're at a, at the musical stage. Yeah. So the story has already been adapted once, and the mm-hmm. musical made a lot of changes. There were mm-hmm. some liberties taken. You know, you got to do some things. Condensed storyline, yeah. change events yeah. up. Right. But for those of you who haven't seen this lovely movie, yeah. here's a little synopsis for you. The nuns at Nonberg Abbey are at a loss with what to do with their problematic postulant Maria. Mother Abbess, the leader of the community, asks Maria to travel to the Von Trapp Villa, the home of a wealthy Navy captain and his seven children. <laughs> Ugh, she even reacts like I would have. Seven, seven children? She is to be their governess, although she has never looked after children before. Although they have a rocky relationship at the start, Maria quickly warms the hearts of the entire family and teaches the children how to sing. She and the captain fall in love just as Hitler begins to take over Austria. All right, yeah. So that's the movie synopsis. Yeah. It's a lot. There's a lot mm-hmm. going on. <laughs> so, I mean, it takes whole three hours to cover that. Yeah. We also have this plot of the Baroness trying to romance the captain. Yeah. And he's about to marry her. Maria shows up. There's a little bit of a love triangle going on. Yeah. yeah. It seemed like it was going well. Yes, it was. Until Maria showed up. Like, yes. mm-hmm. at least as far as the Baroness and, and the captain goes. Yeah. Like, yes. The kids were in there stuck as a military family. <laughs> yeah. 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 But, yeah. But at least for the two of them, it was working out. I find it interesting. I think the Baroness had a little inkling of something very early on mm-hmm. because when she comes to the villa, mm-hmm. She's talking to Max. She's like, I, you know, I think he's in love, but with somebody else. Yeah. Where she says something or like. Or something. Yeah. yeah. She says, he says there are congratulations in order. And she says, maybe, but not for me. Yes. I think she says something like that. Mm-hmm. Yes. I, she is such an interesting character. And I love the Baroness because mm-hmm. she, when you're young and you're watching this, you kind of don't like her. You get this idea. She's kind of like an obstacle. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, watching it as an adult, you're like, th- there is nothing wrong with this woman. No. She's actually great. Yeah, yeah she's very yeah. smart. She's not. She's not great at handling the kids. Yeah, but like, that would be hard for anyone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about making the movie. Woo! Yay! Yay! <laughs> the Sound of Music was directed by Robert Wise, a legendary film director that worked on titles like West Side Story and The Day the Earth Stood Still. He shot on 65 millimeter film and planned to only shoot on location for six weeks, which turned into 11 weeks because of intermittent rain. Ah, dang it. That sucks. Yeah. Much of the film was shot on location in Salzburg, where the story takes place. Nice. So it's authentic. Yes. It's what a beautiful, beautiful place. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, just all the helicopter shots they use in this movie Mm -hmm. of just landscapes. You're like, wow. Yeah. How cool would it be? To, to visit that place. It's so pretty and cold. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They said it, it looks a lot warmer than it actually is. Right, the oh, sun the, yeah. the sun makes it look so nice. It's yeah. like, oh, it's like yeah. 70 degrees. It's yep. deceiving. A breezy 70. Yeah. Like, nope. And they tried, they tried to wait for full sun days where there was no clouds in the sky, and they just couldn't. And they said that having the clouds actually made the story more dynamic and interesting yeah. to look yeah. at. Nice. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, it makes it more relatable, honestly. If, if it was always yeah. sunny, I'd be like, mm, 
Ernest Lehman wrote the adapted screenplay, making many changes from the stage production. Many of these changes included moving around the songs and where they were located in the film. For example, My Favorite Things was originally sung by Maria while she was at the Abbey, not when she was with the children. Decisions like this really elevated the story and helped the music work better in a film format. That's a good example. I mean, it it makes a lot more sense that she would be singing this to the kids to help them feel better instead of just herself, I suppose. The script was very song-heavy, with not as much attention on the characters and story. Lehman changed that and added a lot of depth to the captain specifically. There was one instance where he locked himself in a room with Christopher Plummer, who played the captain, as he was trying to write the scene where his character says goodbye to the Baroness for the final time. Plummer suggested that Lehman write something similar to a scene in the book The Picture of Dorian Gray, and Plummer felt that Lehman didn't really know what he meant, but he wrote something great anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just go yeah. for it. Yeah, yeah. He, you know, Christopher Plummer, and we'll talk about this later, was a very classical stage performer, mm-hmm. and he was not very good at sentimental things, and he, and he didn't want to be too sentimental in this role, and he had a really hard time playing this character. The, he really was quite flat, like from the stage performance. Yeah, it's it's interesting how like they had to move this, they change this character and make him more nuanced and yeah, and interesting. <laughs> Both the director and the scre- oh, screenwriter, actually, all three of them and Christopher Plummer all thought this character was very boring. Yes. <laughs> well, they spiced him up a just. They enough. did. They spiced spiced him up a bit. Yeah. Saul Wurzel designed the sets for the film, which were seamlessly edited with locations. For the opening with the Abbey, they were not allowed to even go inside the actual location and could only get outside shots. Yeah. What? Yep. Yes. Dude. They couldn't even look at it. Yeah. Fooled me. Yeah. Yeah. Since it's it's a cloistered nunnery, nobody's allowed in. Yes. Mm -hmm. So Wurzel visited abbeys all over the country and built a set based on what he found. He was incredibly detailed, even adding moisture to the bricks in the courtyard. Wow. I can't even get over it. I can't get over these sets Mm -hmm. and how incredible they are. Yes. Essentially, the entire inside of the Von Trapp house is a set. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Also, Christopher Plummer said this was the one thing that he was really blown away by was the sets on this in this movie. And where he was never very favorable of this movie. Those were one of those things that (laughs) he did like. The inside of the Abbey, like it really everything looks. Yeah. Totally. Yes. You would. You kind of look at this. And then you look at the Music Man, which came out around the same time, a few years earlier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the difference in sets is incredible. Yeah. Right? And it's not because one movie's better than the other. It's no. because of the different feels, yeah. the different you know, styles. Yes. What they chose. Exactly. To do. Yeah. yeah. They went with the Music Man, they went with a very, this is a stage performance on film. Right. You know, <laughs> and, you know, this is like very cinematic mm-hmm. and just your immersive. It leans more towards movie than most movie musicals do. Yeah. I'll explain what I meant by the editing. So the scene where Maria first comes and knocks on the door, she's standing outside and the butler opens the door. From the shot behind her into the house, she's on location. And then it cuts to a shot from behind him out to her. He's on a set. That's craziness, man. So it's like... (laughs) And they and those were shot weeks apart from each other. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Wow. 
That's great. Incredible. Also, screw that butler. Let's talk (laughs) talk about that. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Some sets were actually built in Austria instead of Hollywood, so the actors could run inside and shoot indoor scenes when the weather was bad. Many scenes in the film were shot over the course of several weeks. For example, when Maria is first meeting with Mother Abbess, this was shot in small pieces over a long period of time. The same for when Maria and the captain have their fight after the children fall in the lake. Aha. That is some seamless editing. It's so yeah. good. Yeah. It's crazy. That was one of my favorite parts of the the movie where she's just talking and he's like, stop, I don't want to hear any more from you. I know you don't, but you have to. <laughs> yes. Yep. Yep. Yes. It's like she just keeps going. That was great. <laughs> I love that part too. Ted McCord was the cinematographer for the film and had worked with Robert Wise in the past. In many of the film scenes, it was actually raining while they needed to shoot. So they would put a tarp over the actors to keep them dry. And McCord had to match the lighting under the tarp with the outdoors. Wow. Dude, that's craziness, man. That sounds so difficult, but they did such a good job. I had no clue. Julie Andrews was talking about this, and she said, Every person that worked in this movie was at the absolute top of their craft. I mean, they were favorable about everybody. That part drives me crazy just knowing about it now. So there are a lot of scenes in this movie, more than you'd think, where it was raining and they couldn't wait for it to stop raining. So they did. They put tarps over the actors. And, you know, Robert Wise was like, look, if you don't light rain, you don't really see it. Mm -hmm. So we were able to get get away with it. But the the... The issue is that people are now under a tarp. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. we have to light them so it looks like they're just outside. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I yeah. need to watch it again and see if we can pick any of those moments out. I mean, probably won't be able to. No. I definitely didn't notice it when I was watching. It's crazy. And the whole back of that house is not even at the house. <sighs> yes. With the it's lake. a whole other location. Yeah. 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 It's a whole other place. Out of your mind. Unbelievable. (laughs) It's unbelievable. So, what's this movie called? I can't Uh, even remember. uh, Something, Uh, something. Sound of... Music, maybe? Oh, music. Oh, yeah. The Sound of Music. Okay. I think we have to talk about the music. (laughs) (laughs) So, the first song in the movie is The Sound of Music. This scene is the movie. When yeah. people think of yep. the sound of music, this is it. <laughs> yes. This is the with the arms stretched out as she's just like in the field. Yep. Twirling. Yep. Soaking up all all of life's happiness <laughs> right there. Saves them for the rest of us. <laughs> it's amazing. I thought the helicopter was actually gonna go over her that first time. Mm-hmm. Just because I hadn't seen it in a long time, so I just couldn't remember. I just thought it was going to pan over. It's like, oh, there she is. And then that's foreshadowing for when she does that later. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Nope. <laughs> Zoom right into her. Yes. The hits. Immediately. Yes. This, this movie just starts. Like, yeah. right yeah. in. Like, yeah. you are boom. <laughs> the opening shot of the film is the most iconic. We see some establishing shots of the Austrian landscape until we pan over a wide open field and Maria singing with her arms outstretched. This opening was the last thing shot on location in Bavaria. Oh, nice. Yeah, they had sent everybody home, so it was just Maria left, and they did this shot last. When they originally scouted the location, they asked the farmers that owned the land not to mow the tall grass. 
When they showed up, the grass had been mowed. Oh, <laughs> of course. Oops. The pond in the scene was crafted by the crew as there was no pond for her to jump over. One angry farmer stabbed the lining of the stream with a pitchfork and drained all the water. Wow. Dude, come on. What are these, what's up with these farmers, huh? Exactly. They said he was angry because they were upsetting his cows and they oh. were not producing milk look, as well. well. Look, the cows just wanted to get Julie Andrews' autograph. <laughs> yeah, they were, they just, were just, just a little preoccupied. They were upset that they couldn't be closer to her. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> they wanted to be in the shot, really, but the director was like, no cows. <laughs> No cows. Utterly no way. Utterly <laughs> impossible. <laughs> you guys are hilarious. Yeah, you guys are really funny. Yeah. <laughs> thank you, thank you. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> the cast and crew all hid in the trees and bushes along the landscape, and Julie was out there alone. Cameraman Paul Beeson was the only crew member brave enough to ride outside of the helicopter as he was strapped to the side with the film camera craziness man I, mean, <laughs> I know why wouldn't anyone just jump at that yeah. <laughs> like, of course i'll do it julie walked toward the helicopter and did her memorable turn as she started singing and the backdraft of the helicopter knocked her down every time oh and it was cold and wet how said, many yeah how many oh takes at least 10 oh. she said they did it at least 10 times and she was so angry by uh, by the end of it, and she kept trying to signal to the helicopter to take wider turns, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they just they just gave her a thumbs up. No, Julie, you're doing great. And she's like, no, that's not what I'm asking. Okay, yeah. <sighs> yeah, yeah. It was like, I mean, cold, wet. They're knocking her down, and then she has to get back up again. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she was, she said she was rolling around in the hay and the grass. Oh and- yeah. my gosh, <laughs> you don't you don't think about how much force those things. Yeah. Cause, you know, you just look at a helicopter yeah. on like taking off from the ground. It doesn't look mm-hmm. like it's doing much, but if you were standing right there, it's so yeah. powerful. Yeah. Yeah. That that's that's rough, man. Yeah. Uh the trees that she walks past were chopped from somewhere else and stuck in the ground. So they really changed wow. a lot of stuff around. Yeah. yeah. Those rotten farmers are probably upset about that too, huh? Yeah. Probably. 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 Mm, yeah. <laughs> That was my favorite tree. Yeah, shading their other crops. Mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I imagine they were pretty mad. Aww. This was this was like a super remote location. They had to like get there by trailer or something like Yeah, a, it was They had yeah, to get on a cart. Specific vehicle, yeah, yeah. Or a cart or something. There was a cart pulled by donkeys at one point that they uh, had Ah, yes. It it really like it was so it was very remote. Yeah. Jeez. The next song in this movie is the morning hymn, Alleluia. <laughs> yep. Yay. You can guess. Yeah, you can guess who sings this one. The shot where the nuns are all singing Alleluia in a row was the only one done within an actual chapel and not on a soundstage. Yeah. And it matches the design so well. It does. Incredibly so. Yeah. <laughs> like you just, it just looks like you just pan up and they're right there. Yep. Yeah. The film was choreographed by then-married Dee Dee White and Mark Brough. White said that every moment in the Abbey, from the beginning until the first song, was choreographed. It looks very natural. Yeah. yeah. Them just kind of walking around. Mm-hmm. But 
And they did this great job of kind of just, it's like this really establishing moment. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We see old nuns, young nuns. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All of them. Ones that climb on rocks. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It gave the sense that they have a routine. It felt very like, this is probably what it's like. And maybe it's not. Maybe it is. I don't know. But yeah. This feeling that they do this every day. They go, they sing Alleluia. Yeah. 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 The costume designer, Dorothy Jenkins, is actually in this scene as a nun with a hand on her face. Yeah. Ah. She is in this scene. Mm. And she designed, these are not actual habits and mm-hmm. nun yes. robes. She designed, mm-hmm. these are her version. But they look the part. I mean, mm-hmm. you buy that that's what it's supposed to be. You yeah. don't have to tell you that these are all nuns. I mean, it's yeah. easy, first glance. The next song we have here is Maria. I love this solely because of the word flibbity gibbet. Flibbity gibbet. <laughs> yes. I love the scene right before this because mm-hmm. it, right before this scene, two nuns are arguing about Maria. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And one's like, oh, standing up for her. And the other one is like, oh, we need to get rid of her. Yeah. <laughs> and Mother Abbess says, children, children. <laughs> <laughs> And my mother said that all the time. (laughs) And I I think it's so funny because they're clearly adults. She's like, children, children. Yeah. This scene features Marnie Nixon, the woman that provided the singing voices for Natalie Wood in West Side Story and Audrey Hepburn in My Fair Lady. Robert Wise said that they wanted to honor her by giving her some screen time in this film. Oh, I think that's sweet. Yeah. So sweet. Mother Abbess, played by Peggy Wood, also does not sing her part here. Wise wanted her in the film because she was a wonderful stage actress, but the singing was too much for her at this point in her life as she was in her 70s. Yeah, and Julie Andrews said she was really easy to work with. She was a really good oh, actress, yeah. and she really liked her. Mm-hmm. But she was jealous of her because she got to go and like explore Austria, and oh. Julie was stuck on the set. <laughs> the choreographers rehearsed the scene while wearing the nun habits, so they had an understanding of how a nun could move in the costume. Yeah, it's it's a very comedy song. This one, yes, <laughs> because they're kind of bickering in a silly way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's you good. imagine nuns to be like. Only nice. Yeah. You know, and yeah. like never saying anything bad about anybody. And of course, they're just like, they're having this conversation, like they're just totally gossiping about her. Mm-hmm. And, they're all, mm-hmm. and they're like kind of telling on her a bit. Like yeah. they're like, hey, can you get rid of her? She's annoying. Like he's kind yeah. of <laughs> yeah. that whole like scene. Yeah. And it is pretty funny though. So the next song here is I Have Confidence, <laughs> which is. Do you, do you have confidence? I try. (laughs) I relate to this song. The cast and crew got a special visit from Maria Von Trapp and one of her granddaughters while filming this song. The pair were so impressed and happy with the set, they wanted to appear in the film. Robert Wise was able to sneak them into a shot, but they are hard to see if you're not looking for them. They appear behind Maria in the shot with the fountain. Watch this movie three times and I can't find him. You still can't. Oh. <laughs> I see people walking really far away in yeah. a group. I have. There's no it, way to probably them. Yeah, there's no way to like decipher who is who. Mm-hmm. 
This was a song written specifically for the movie. Wise felt it was a great interpretation of how Maria described this moment in her book. And this is kind of what <laughs> I relate to as far as like kind of faking the confidence, Get telling that. yourself that you have confidence when you really don't. Yeah. And I just thought that was so great. It's, it's <laughs> very funny in that way. And it, it just makes the song great. Julie Andrews actually had a little trouble with one of the lines, thinking that it didn't make sense. It was, strength lies in nights of peaceful slumbers. She decided to sing that part of the song quickly, as if she were rambling. <laughs> <laughs> that way she didn't have to think too much about how it sounded. Yeah. yeah. She said sometimes if she doesn't understand a lyric, she has a difficult time singing mm -hmm. it because... She wants to, you know, she wants to really mean everything she's singing. Yeah. yeah. And uh, that line didn't make sense to her. She says, what does strength have any anything to do with sleeping? Like <laughs> you get, you know, strength yeah. lies in sleeping. She's like, I don't, I don't make, I don't know if that makes any sense. So she was like, I'll make it sound like I'm rambling. And then mm. that's just why uh. I'm saying something that maybe doesn't make any sense. Because that way she's like, <laughs> I just can't, I couldn't think about it too much. I just didn't think yeah. the line made sense. Yeah. So the next song is 16 going on 17. The scene was actually shot during the daytime since it costs much more to have a crew stay into the night. Mm -hmm. The cinematographer and the rest of the crew had to make the scene look like it took place at night for this reason. Again, great job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The actress that played Liesel said, I have no idea how they did it because when we filmed it, I was like, I don't know how you guys are going to make this look like it's nighttime. But... Yeah. Mm-hmm. This was the absolute last scene shot for the movie. During filming, they forgot to cover the bottom of her shoes with rubber. This caused her to slip and fall through one of the windows, hurting her ankle. Oh, no. Yikes. Yeah, she jumped up on the bench and just whoop. Oh, gosh. Yeah. They wrapped it up and painted the bandage the color of her tights and finished the shoot. They also gave her a shot. Of, of what? Of B12, she said. <laughs> Supposedly. Yeah, in the commentary, she said, they gave me a shot of B12. And you know, maybe it wasn't B12. <laughs> because I didn't feel anything for the rest of this number. And I, it's a pretty hard number, and I danced it on a swollen ankle, so. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was like, this is a wild commentary. Oh like, my gosh, they I just let you say whatever. Yeah, you want. I was like, I can't believe they let they didn't edit this out. <laughs> they're, they're like, after fifty years, this is untouchable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> untouchable. Mean, yeah. As Liesel is running toward the gazebo in the beginning of the scene, it is a gazebo that was built in Salzburg. When they are dancing in close to the gazebo, they are actually on a soundstage in California. The production team ended up leaving the gazebo in Salzburg as sort of a gift, and so it was moved to a public park where many travel just to see it. Oh, dude, I want to go see this, it. This is this is crazy yeah. stuff, man. I'm yeah. She's leaving the house. She's running down the path. She's on location, on location, on location. She turns, and then he's standing by the gazebo, and we're still on location. And basically, when she arrives, boom, we're in Hollywood. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. That is crazy, man. And so, and if you think about it, this whole time, you know, combining those shoots, the lighting has to match. Everything yeah. has to match yeah. 
because they shot on location outside during the day. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, on a soundstage, soundstage, you can make it look like any time of day if you want. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. incredible skill. The next song we have is My Favorite Things. Oh, this song is a favorite of a lot yeah. of people. <laughs> this is somehow a Christmas song, and yes. I don't know how. Yeah, know how They played at Christmas, mm-hmm. and I go, what? Yeah. There's nothing Christmassy yeah, about this know. song. But this is one of the songs that I bring up, and people are like, oh, that this song is from this movie? Yes. And I'm like, yes, yes, it is. I think it is kind of been given a Christmassy feel because mm-hmm. they're just listing off things that they want for Christmas, kind of. Maybe. Yeah, they mention Christmas. Yeah. They say that they like Christmas. Yeah. This song was moved from its original spot in the stage play. In the play, the children take a liking to Maria immediately. But the screenplay writer, as we talked about him before, Ernest Lehman, felt that it would be more endearing if they warmed up to her. He therefore changed it so the children had a dislike of her in the beginning, and so he needed a scene where she could bond with them. This bonding experience became the thunderstorm coupled with My Favorite Things. Yeah. I think the movie does such a great job of this because they immediately, you know, he he tells them that they've had a bunch of different caretakers before and Mm -hmm. they haven't lasted long at all. Mm And the kids are immediately playing pranks on her. They put a frog in her pocket, (laughs) which is very funny. At least not a snake. (laughs) That's right. At least it wasn't a snake. But the way she reacts to being pranked Mm -hmm. makes the kids like, oh, she's not reacting like the other ones. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, for example, when she sits on the pine cone at dinner time. She doesn't rat them out. No. Yeah. And the kids were probably ready for her to grab it and say look what they did to me yeah mm-hmm. but she totally just like yeah. they're just playing a prank yeah. i'll just move along it's and not that big not, of a deal I'm not hurt yeah. not get them in trouble yeah mm-hmm. she's like oh it's rheumatism i guess yeah <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> so it does such a great job of slowly they're like oh this one's different and then it culminates <laughs> with this song just having someone else besides their father is already a big help because mm-hmm. they're all scared, but they're not going to go to him. Uh-uh. You know? Right. <laughs> so. and Yeah, and then the, the other two who live there, the butler and the, and the I guess the maid. The housekeeper. Housekeeper, yeah. They're not like, not yeah. like they're mean, but they're not going to like no. take care of the well, kids. Well, the butler's yeah. mean. The scene just before this one and this song were the first sequences shot for the movie. As Liesel appears in the window, she is covered in water and dirt that the production team had sprayed on her. Yeah, so oh. we're supposed to believe that she just sang that song. Yeah. Right. And she did not sing that song. She had not just sung that song, right? <laughs> yeah. So, like, it's their first day. They've sprayed her down with dirt, with water and dirt, they said, and then they just had her step in. Yeah. And you know, I hope it wasn't cold water. <laughs> it probably was. Probably, that's, <laughs> darn it, dude. So mean. It's crazy to think about. Like, how do you decide this stuff? How do you decide? Like, <laughs> you know, this scene that happens kind yes. of like an hour in. Let's yeah. do that first. <laughs> you know, and this is a good time to talk about this. I think there should be an Oscar, for, like an Oscar category for the yes. person that makes the shooting oh, schedule yeah. for every movie. Yes, yes. because. You think about it. You have to match everything up with, you have to figure out everybody's schedule. Mm -hmm. Not just, you know, not just one person, but you have a whole cast and you have to figure out like, who do we want to pay for this day? Who do we want to pay for that day? 
you know, we need to do these what the night ones on these days. Mm-hmm. We need to do the day ones. You know, these ones are going to be on location. These ones, are gonna be, you know, and that's the thing. It's yes. like half of this scene, this half of the scene, his all of his lines are going to be on location, mm-hmm. and all of her lines are going to be on a soundstage. So we need to figure out which day. I can't imagine. It, ridiculous. Yeah. They're I amazing. Can't. They're heroes. I, Honestly, I just, uh, those are the heroes, and like yeah. no one talks about that. No. Yeah. Like yeah. I didn't, so who's doing this? Teach us your ways. Yeah, yeah I seriously. can't even. Yeah, I'm having trouble planning one party. Yeah. Like I yeah. can't imagine this. I can't. An entire movie. Yeah. 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 In the musical, the song is fully sung, but for the movie, Julie Andrews was told to begin speaking the first line or two before beginning to sing. This was to ensure a smooth transition. Yeah, Very I nice. like it. Real, I like it a lot. Yeah, I actually I love it because this is one of those few songs that really shows audiences that it's not in universe. Yeah, with their diegetic and their non-diegetic music, they have both yeah. in this. But every time they're very clear with the audience, mm-hmm. which is which. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it's and I think Do Re Mi is probably the only gray area song yeah. because yeah. she's actually teaching them to sing in that song. Yeah, right. But with this song, it's so obvious because what they they literally transition from her speaking to singing a song. Yeah. So it's like, this is what they're hearing. They're hearing these words. Mm-hmm. And this is what you're hearing because musicals are fun. Yes. Yes. And we're gonna have we're gonna sing the song instead. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, yeah, that's what it's like in a musical. It's just these characters are just expressing thoughts and feelings and words. Just in song. And the audience yeah. is the one seeing it as a yes. song. Yes. Yeah. 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 It just reminds me of when you imagine scenarios. Yeah. And you, you know they're probably not going to come true, but you still imagine My whole them. life. It's That's kind my whole of life. like yeah. that. Yeah. Like, yeah. So the next song is Do Re Mi. This was originally supposed to be right when Maria arrived at the Von Trapp family residence, and they moved it again. It's another song they moved around. Yeah. In the beginning of the scene, Wise asked one of the boys to throw his ball high into the air as a way to show the audience the beautiful mountain landscape. Scene starts where you see the landscape and the ball comes up into the frame and comes back down. It's a really great way to just show, start with the landscape and kind of bring the characters into it. Yes. Instead of just being like, here they are. Yeah, just yep. a, just a pan down with nothing. It's like, uh, oh, yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like, a, it's like an invitation. Mm-hmm. Yes. You want to see where the ball went. Julie Andrews actually didn't know how to play the guitar, and she felt uncomfortable holding it. She faked it as best as she could. Oh, man. Um, she nice. Did great. She did a great job. I thought she knew how to play. Yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. Bummer. What a letdown, Julie. Yeah, way to go, Julie. Man. <laughs> Julie felt like this song was the quintessential song for the film because it showed the country so well. There were very many location shots, and they traveled all over Salzburg to get them. This scene is also important because it's when the children learn to sing, which would become the reason that the captain warms up to them again. Yeah. I also felt it was a very good way to show a passage of time because they show changes in clothing, but it's so seamless. You Uh think, oh, this, at first you're like, oh, this is all in one day. And then you're like, wait a minute, they changed clothes. (laughs) Okay. Okay. They're learning this over a period of time. Okay. Yeah. And this song makes me laugh. Like there's so many funny moments in this (laughs) song. I love that they they have Doe, a deer, a female deer, you know, Mm -hmm. Ray, son, me, a name, you know, and then they say law and they literally have nothing. So they just say, (laughs) a note to follow, so. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it is. I love the joyful bike riding. 
Yes. And like yeah. the choreography for this is so fun. You know, mm-hmm. they're running through the tunnels and yeah. the, I love it. It's I, I every time I see the joyful bike riding, I'm like, this is what my mom imagined having six kids would be like. Gleefully <laughs> 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 riding a bike. <laughs> These oh, kids, no. you know, singing along together. That's not what it was like, no. just in case anybody was wondering. <laughs> I see that and I go, this was the expectation. <laughs> but but the whistle was was yeah. right, spot on. Right, yes, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> there is a scene where they're in the marketplace and they have crates of tomatoes and apples and oranges and... Uh, one of the oranges in the crates is the one of the crates said Israel on the side of it because the oranges were from Israel. Yeah. And Robert Wise says that there was never, they never left that in, like the the word yeah. Israel. But somebody saw it at some point in time mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they were annoyed by it because they were like, this is so inconsistent because obviously in this time period, Israel didn't exist. Yeah. And so we just... <laughs> to mention it because he was pretty pissed off yeah about it yeah he was yeah and honestly we didn't see any crate that said Mm -hmm. israel we did not see it but so we were seeing the 50th anniversary edition yes that's true so they might have edited it out who knows who knows you can't really tell yeah right after this song we see the first real signs of trouble with the nazi invasion after a brief conversation about politics the captain gets upset When the Baroness makes a remark that he seems far away and asks him where he is, he replies, in a world that's disappearing, I'm afraid. Yeah. Heavy. Yeah. So this is actually really when we meet the Baroness. Yeah. Right after this song. We see her for the first time. And, you know, we see the chemistry between her and Captain Von Trapp. Mm -hmm. He kind of lightens up for the first time. He's like joking with his friends a little bit. And then we see this like hint of the Nazis are coming. Like, this boy, the telegram deliverer, deliverer who <laughs> is in love, quote unquote, with Liesel, he does the Nazi salute mm-hmm. while they're there. And obviously, Captain Von Trapp is like, not going to do it. it back. Yeah. He's yeah. like, he's like get, get the hell out of here, please. And. Yeah. Especially after seeing him throw yeah, stones at his daughter's Yeah, window. he knows exactly why he's there. <laughs> you learn so much about him in this scene. Mm-hmm. You know, you get the Baroness, you get Max for the first time. Max is mm-hmm. his funny friend. And, you know, you've got just like this whole, like, whole other side to him. And then the children show up and he's not happy. Yeah. 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 By chance, tell me the truth. Hmm. Have my kids been climbing trees today? <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right. <laughs> why, might I ask, this is me talking now, why were they climbing the trees that happened to be right along the road? <laughs> <laughs> For this exact convenience. Because he, ha- so. he had to see it happen. Yeah. I guess so, but they looked like if they fell, they yeah. were falling Right into the highway. Asphalt. Yeah. <laughs> oh <my gosh. laughs> So then they have this huge fight right after that. Mm-hmm. And this is really only the only fight, I'd say, between him and Maria. They have this fight, and she really gives it to him. I mean, yeah. she really gives, she, she expresses her opinion, and she takes charge. And I know that when they were rehearsing the scene, Christopher Plummer told Julie Andrews, like, you need to, like, 
really take charge mm-hmm. when you when you yell at me yeah. in the scene, you know, and and they have this. It's great because you know she's mentioned before. Hey, I'm always getting in trouble for my opinions. Yeah, but we've never really seen her like super express her opinions no. before. But here she is, like, hey, you know, your kids need you, and you're just like not around. Yeah. So I, I'm helping out. Okay. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm teaching them how to sing. We're having a good time. I'm letting yeah. them be kids. Yeah, yeah. they're children. You know. Yeah. They're not dogs. Put away the whistle. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's such a turning point, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's the first time that they really have a confrontation about it or a conversation about it. And he's like, you're fired. Yeah. yeah. Go get your stuff, you know? Later. Yeah. So then there's the sound of music reprise. One thing this film does really well is its reprises. In this scene, the sound of music returns as the children sing it for the Baroness. When the captain comes into the room, the children start to cry. It was incredibly emotional on set, even for the director. The children finally feel like their dad is coming back into their lives for the first time since they lost their mother. Oh. So this scene really is like when that the whole healing power of music, this is the moment. And this is also kind of why I think the Baroness is a little bit of an unsung hero. You know, she like goes into the house, she sits down, the yeah. children start singing for her. Hearing them sing for the Baroness, he's like, oh my God, <laughs> what? where have I been? Yeah, and it, it it's great because it immediately follows. One of the things that Julie Andrews says to him in the fight is that your oldest, you're, go- is, you're gonna turn around and she's gonna be a, an adult. Mm-hmm. Like you're gonna yeah. miss her entire life if you don't pay attention. Yeah, and he like kind of sings with them, and and mm-hmm. in real life they said this was a really big moment because the kids really felt like Christopher Plummer didn't like them, and it was kind of a nice moment for them on the set, made them feel like Aww. he did like them, that he was warming up to them a little bit. Obviously, he was acting. Christopher Plummer hated yes. children, so. <laughs> Mm-hmm. But <laughs> no, Christopher Plummer said that he he was fond of these children. But yes, uh-huh. children in general, he didn't like. You said sure, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's just all around a wonderful moment. It's so sweet, and they said oh, that yeah. literally. They said everybody on set was crying, and yeah, music really does heal. I mean, it's crazy how well hit music can heal things. Mm-hmm. The captain says to Maria, "You brought music back into my house." And he asks her to stay, even though they had just had a fight about the way she's behaving with the children. Yep. It's like, oops, I behaved badly. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yes. <laughs> I was wrong. Yes. He never really apologizes, Mm-mm. but he does. By going <laughs> going to her and saying, yeah. I- I'm asking you to stay. Mm-hmm. You know. It's really, I like yeah, it a lot. Basically admitting that he was wrong. Yes. Like... Yes. She's like, hey. She does like the fist bump. Like <laughs> So next here, we've got The Lonely Goat Herd. This song was also moved by Ernest Lehman from the, from the thunderstorm scene. The Salzburg Marionette Theater influenced this whole scene and song. During the theater's original run, they performed operas. In 2007, they made a mini-production of The Sound of Music, and it has now toured the world. Yeah. Which is pretty okay. awesome. Yeah. I kind of want to see... The marionette version of this. <laughs> what if they did a marionette within a marionette for this song? Oh my god! My god, that'd be that's insane. They have marionette puppets of 
the people you, you know messing with the strings mm-hmm. and so for the <laughs> for the bows at the end they have their marionettes of them with marionettes of the characters wow. it's crazy that's wild that is funny <laughs> The choreographers had the most fun with this number, getting to choreograph puppets instead of people. At the end of the number, Julie wanted to play up how exhausted she would be after after coordinating and performing a complicated show like that. Absolutely. (laughs) Believe that. The director laughed at her for how tired she acted, but they kept it in the movie. Yeah. She's like, honestly... You're in charge of all these kids. Mm-hmm. You are the director. You're telling them all where to go. Mm-hmm. You're teaching them how to use marionettes, and they also have to yeah. be singing on key. She's like, to to coordinate something like that is exhausting, and <laughs> also performing in it, too. Yeah. So that's why she like leans up against the side of it and is like, oh, <laughs> done. We did it. Yeah. <laughs> Next, we have Edelweiss. Originally, this song was only sung near the end of the film at the festival where the family performs. Ernest Lehman moved this number as well to great effect. Christopher Plummer hated playing the guitar. He was used to playing piano, and he didn't want to learn the new instrument because it was so painful to play. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Wow. This was Julie Andrews' favorite song in the film, and the favorite of many of the actors. Plummer did not do his own singing for the film, and Bill Lee's voice was dubbed in. It was a big moment for the film because it's the first and only time the captain sings alone, and the flower Edelweiss is such a strong connection to Austria. Yeah, he sings alone in this song twice in the movie, mm-hmm. Yeah, but it is the only song he sings by himself. Mm. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's a beautiful song. It is, yeah, it is. It's so impactful yeah. the second time. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. it's great here, too. And we'll talk about it when we get to yeah. the second time. But yeah. yeah. You know, making the choice of having him sing it twice mm-hmm. was a great choice because, you know, it, it serves the whole purpose of like a reprise. Yeah. You know, the whole idea of doing a reprise or a reprise in a movie or in a musical is that like the second time it's the same melody, mm-hmm. often the same lyrics, sometimes not, mm-hmm. but the meaning is completely changed. Yeah. And I, I love that. It's so yeah. cool to do something like that. And they do it really well in this movie. Mm-hmm. So the last song that we're going to talk about today is <laughs> aptly named So Long, Farewell. Isn't that convenient? Uh-huh. Isn't that cute? Isn't That's that cute? so cute. Yeah. Ah, So Long, Farewell is one of the few diegetic songs in the film. Diegetic means Mm in-universe. Other characters hear the singing. Yes, Yes. they are singing IRL. Yes. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Just before and after the song, there are some key plot moments happening. So I'm going to talk about those really quick. So before the song, the children and Maria are dancing a traditional Austrian folk dance. The choreographers studied many dances to create a dance for the scene just before the captain arrives to dance with Maria. Ah. So they did research Mm -hmm. for this dance, and they're all kind of practicing together, and it's very sweet, and it's very cute. Julie Andrews said said that the scene felt as magical as it looked. It was a wonderful experience to shoot, and is the exact moment that the two characters discover that they have fallen in love. Yeah, and this is when the Baroness notices too. It's so cool because she's kind of known. Mm-hmm. You know, there's 
there's this line she has earlier where she goes, man, what can't you do? Mm-hmm. And she says, I'm afraid I don't make a very good nun. And the Baroness says, I could help you. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, I'd love it if you'd be a nun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. it would uh, solve my problem. Here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I, I love that about her. Like she doesn't, you know, sabotage their relationship. Mm-mm. She sees what's happening, and she's waiting for them to see it too. Mm-hmm. And when this happens, this is when she's a little scared because she sees it and she goes, "It's happened. Mm-hmm. They've figured it out." Just this seeing the moment they realize it mm-hmm. is really, you know, she covers her face. It's almost like she's embarrassed. Yeah, yeah. she's all red. Yeah, and- yeah she realizes mm-hmm. like, oh. I wonder if one of the reasons that she saw it in the beginning is that he changed how he either talked to her or I remember in the beginning, the one woman says that the first time that he went to go visit the Baroness, he was gone for a month. Yeah. And I wonder if it was a shorter amount of time then that he brought her back mm. to the villa. Yeah, maybe. Mm. And so she, maybe the Baroness was like, hmm, something's different. Yeah. Something's off. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I don't know. Sometimes that stuff is just very obvious to mm-hmm. someone else. Dee mm-hmm. Dee White, one of the choreographers, said that she didn't realize how instrumental the scene was to the story until she saw it on screen. That's mm. cool. It's such a big moment. It, this scene really moves the, the film forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it needs to be a big moment because intermission is about to happen. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, if you're going to be brave enough, bold enough to cut your movie in half, <laughs> you've got to end it on something big. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I For mean, sure. right? And they did. Because mm-hmm. you're giving the audience a chance to escape. You're giving them... <laughs> That's true. You're you giving them, them a highway back. out of there. Yeah, mm-hmm. you are. You really are. <laughs> if you make the screen go dark and close your curtain and give them 10 minutes to go to the bathroom, you yes, you yeah. are giving them a chance to leave. <laughs> and they won't feel bad about it. So Long Farewell is a fun little song that appears again later in the movie. When Gretel lies on the stairs, the actress that played Liesel had to come pick her up. She said that she hurt her back carrying her up the steps. Oh, no. Aww. No. Oh, this poor little girl. They yeah. mentioned this quite a few times. They said she gained some weight. And so she was heavier than everybody expected her to be. Oh. But I think you're perfect the way you are, Gretel. I agree. Just after the song, the Baroness visits Maria and points out to her that she and the captain are in love. This leads to Maria leaving and heading back to the Abbey. Now, again, this is a really great moment with the Baroness because she does not tell Maria to leave. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She just goes up and points it out. <laughs> That's all she does. And yep. Maria goes, I'm out of here. And she's like, oh, can I help you pack? And she's like, nope. Okay. okay. You know, she didn't <laughs> tell her what choice. to do. Yeah. She just was like, oh, all right. You know, because she could have. She could have. She could have yeah. been, back off. He's my man. Like, yeah. she didn't do that, yeah. you know? Yeah. She just goes up there and she's like, hey, you guys, re- you saw it, right? Like, you get it? <laughs> like, you guys danced together. Like, can I stop and... wasting my time now? <laughs> you obviously love each other. Like, I don't, you know. In real life, Maria only left to discuss what she should do with Mother Abbess after the captain had proposed. So they changed this plot point, mm. making it way more dramatic. <laughs> yeah. She leaves because she's like, oh, my God. Now I don't know what to do with my life, but 
at this point, the falling in love thing is still kind of up in the air. Mm-hmm. She hasn't actually talked to the captain about it. Yeah. Right. So, you know, she goes, and this is this is where the movie ends intermission. Mm-hmm. I guess her daughter, Julie Andrews' daughter, had always had a t- tough time watching this scene as a kid. She said that it was really hard for her to see her mom sad on screen. Oh. And since she sat in that scene, she'd always go, Mommy, I need to excuse myself. And she would get up and she'd leave. Oh. <laughs> That's so cute. Yeah. And I know that there are a lot of people who grew up only watching the first half of this movie. Mm-hmm. Because it's a natural, like I said, it's a natural break. It's really easy to turn it off here. Mm-hmm. But also, it, the second half is a little darker. And we get more of the Nazi aspect of what's Mm -hmm. going on. Mm -hmm. Since this is where the intermission happens in the film, we're going to have an intermission of our own. It's going to be a week long. Yep. Enjoy it. So definitely you got time to go to the bathroom. Yes, you do. (laughs) Fill your drinks. Yes. Exactly. Do whatever you got to do. Hopefully there's no line. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, This is a case half closed. Yeah. we, like, we closed it, but the papers are sticking out. Yeah, we can't it, like, really it won't close latch. it fully. It, it won't, won't latch. latch. There we go. Ha. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, we like to thank our patrons, Joel, Jacob, John, JD, Jacqueline, Anthony, Shelley, Linda, Bob, and Carlos. Hooray. Thank you. Yay. You guys are amazing. Thank you so, so, so much. If you mm. liked this episode, just listen to some more. Or tell a friend, yeah. please. And... We you can buy us popcorn on what yeah. was it? www dot dot com slash black case diary. Yes. Yeah. Thank you so 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 much for listening. And please come back and listen to part two. Yes. Where yes. we'll talk a lot more about the movie and how we how how we feel about it. Because mm-hmm. yeah. you know. How yeah. other people felt about it. We are going to talk about that <laughs> a lot, actually. Yeah. 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 Especially yeah. Christopher Plummer. Yeah. Don't Google it. We'll tell you about it. <laughs> yes. Stay tuned. All right. See you later. <laughs> Bye. 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 Well, now, when anything bothers me and I'm feeling unhappy, I just try and think of nice things. What kind, what kind of things? things? Oh, well, let me see. Nice things. Daffodils. Green meadows. Skies full of stars. Raindrops on roses and whiskers on kittens.